Look at that. They're listening. This is awesome. Give a guy a mic. People do all kinds of crazy stuff. So thank you all for coming. I am very excited that you have all decided to take the next step on your digital transformation journey with us. We have a great presentation loaded with useful tips and actionable steps for you. I'm going to go back over here. Is that better? Okay. So you can read this if you want to, but basically it says that I've been doing this for a while, I have a bunch of experience, a bunch of certifications to help companies like yours improve your operations using digital technology. And if you didn't figure it out yet, I don't like to read slides, so if you want to get the most out of this presentation, you have to listen and read. These sessions are supposed to be educational, not sales pitches. So we researched what you were researching, and guess what? Digital transformation kept coming up near the top of the list. So digital transformation is a big topic. It can be a big project. So the challenge was, how do we make this presentation the most useful to the most people? How do we make it beneficial to people just starting out and to people that, have, that are partway through a digital transformation project? Because digital transformation can mean different things, it can be managed in different ways. I'm sure most of you, maybe not. What do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Some of you are familiar with the crawl, walk, run methodology from project management. The idea is that if you're trying to accomplish something big, your project team is trying to hit some big targets. Sometimes it makes more sense to evolve your approach in stages rather than try to make all the changes all at once. We decided to apply that approach to this presentation. For every topic that we discuss, we'll start with the basics and then quickly progress to more details, more advanced steps, and real-world examples for this supply chain audience. The content applies to everyone, but it will have a mobile focus. We'll emphasize how worker mobility in your manufacturing and warehousing operations should be a key component in your digital transformation objectives. Digital transformation is a process, and this presentation follows that process. Activities start out disconnected, analog, or paper-based, and quickly progress to partially transformed, hybrid, or mixed mode. There's a kid riddle, kid's riddle that applies here. How do you eat an elephant? I saw one smile. Apparently only one person has kids. One bite at a time. Digital transformation is really developing or investing in new technologies and using them in new ways. It isn't just doing the same things faster, like using barcodes to speed up your data entry. It's what is this technology capable of and how can we fully leverage that investment. Remember the dentist's office with the wall of paper files, right? That's all gone now. It's all replaced with computers, right? But those computers have just digitized that analog data. We haven't changed the way the work is done. It isn't a new way. 
You can see in this infographic from Zebra Technologies, Warehousing 2020 report, how companies are investing in digital technologies. Some of them, like wearables and RFID, is changing how we do business. It's reimagining it. But what are some of the components of digital transformation? What are the, the underlying pieces and technologies that are enabling these concepts to come to life? You're probably looking at things like IoT, right? Internet of Technology, Internet of Things, Internet of Everything, Industrial Internet of Things. That is just digitally connecting all of the pieces in our lives, all the data points, all the inputs and the outputs. Some of the connected devices like thermostats and light bulbs are new to being connected. Others have been connected for longer, like embedded computers and machines. Robotics and automation is using machines to do those repetitive tasks that we do frequently. And again, some have been around for a while, but industrial robots have only recently been digitally connected and only recently been able to work cooperatively with other things and with people. Predictive analytics, business intelligence, big data. This is using real-time data inputs and measurements, such as not just knowing that a machine needs service, but what service it needs. It's all about using data to make better business decisions. Artificial intelligence or machine learning is where it gets fun, having systems that can learn from themselves. For instance, that service call, being able to look at the sets of data, the data inputs leading up to that service call, and being able to make adjustments to the machine to improve the mean time between failure. We're at our first takeaway. Hopefully you now understand that digital transformation is not a fixed set of components with a single definition, but it's a concept that represents a project. Your project requires your definition. So there is some, there is some audience participation. Right? Got to have it all in here. Does this help you? And you can head nod, you can raise your hand. Does this help you understand how, digital trans how a digital transformation project can quickly get out of hand? Right? It means different things to different people. Great. Now that you know some of the many different ways that digital transformation can be interpreted and applied, you may be wondering how to get started. How do you approach a project of this type where it can mean so many different things? We'll cover two common approaches, pain or gain, and pain or gain and workflow. Pain or gain is just what are people talking about? What are they complaining about? Are they having trouble reading handwritten data? Are they always looking for supervisors to handle exceptions? Are they spending time looking for items in the warehouse or trying to remember where they put something? Gain is what is costing you money. Can barcodes and mobile computers put an end to duplicate data entry or remove clipboards? Can 
a custom app empower workers and reduce delays because workers are having to find supervisors to handle exceptions. These are the things that are less obvious. They typically follow questions like, why did that happen or why are we doing it this way? Pain or gain is a good starting approach for large scale projects because you can cherry pick the areas that will have the best returns in the least amount of time. Approach two is follow the workflow. Just walk the process from start to finish. The logical starting point is receiving. Are materials being received by hand keying into a PC or writing on a clipboard? Could a mobile computer be used to scan product barcodes, reducing keystrokes and worker footsteps while simultaneously improving accuracy? Then we go to the middle or work in process. Is job information like piece counts, setup times, scrap being written on a clipboard? Could a mobile computer or touchscreen computer be used to capture machine outputs and pair it with worker data to validate it and make it more accurate? Finally, the end, shipping. Are workers having to go to a traffic office to key in data, print out bill of ladings, and then walk back out to the shipping floor? Could a touchscreen computer and a power cart with a printer on it reduce those footsteps and keep them out on the floor? Or could a mobile computer and a mobile printer do it even better? This is a good approach when you have a lot of things going on, right? Different levels, different improvements, and this could be the information gathering phase to be used to prioritize the rest. Neither approach requires all or nothing. Uh, you can easily do many small pieces and in fact, that's the recommended approach. You'll learn along the way how to streamline the process for the next phase, how to justify your costs. What follows the approach? Welcome. Come on in. There's more seats up front. Milestones. After you determine your approach and your ultimate goal, such as improving worker productivity by 10% or reducing shipping errors by 50%. You can then start working on the project plan based on your approach and your goals. And from that, you can establish milestones. All projects should have milestones. As humans, we try to make all milestones roughly the same size and thereby requiring roughly the same amount of effort and time to achieve and we want them all to have roughly the same importance. But that doesn't always work. Look at birthdays, right? Some birthdays are definitely more important than others. Same thing applies to milestones. So all milestones are for one, one purpose, and that's to recognize progress. All progress adds up to help you reach the goal. Not the finish line, but the goal. The finish is just the end. The goal is doing the required steps to achieve the desired finish. In the supply chain, milestones might be something simple, moving paper to paperless. So a lot of the companies we deal with are in this situation. It's a great starting point. They've removed their paper pick tickets, but there's so much more that could be done. You could be doing validated put away, validated picking to confirm that 
what the worker is picking, you scan the barcode, compare it to the, to the pick ticket, and it matches. But you're still not really changing the process. It isn't a new experience. With forward thinking, with what that data can do for you, you can use it for better decisions. This could mean being able to run a report to see who's picking the most items. As you put in a new ERP, like maybe Microsoft Dynamics, for example, you're tracking what the workers are doing. So you can now run those reports. Who's picking the most items? Track back returns. Who picked that item? Who shipped that order? So you can now see which worker is making the most mistakes. You're using business intelligence to add value, to solve operational problems. Visibility enables productivity, but it doesn't automatically create it. Going deeper leads us to the advanced stage, where you're catching what you missed in the earlier stages. You're adding automation. You're adding those data points. This could be automatically moving the most common items to the front of the warehouse and the out-of-season items to the back or automatically changing the min-max inventory levels for seasonal items, or integrating with an accounting system so that you're not just adding the order status, but you're adding the tracking details. Which carrier did it ship on? What was the tracking number? So you can feed that back to your customer and improve their satisfaction levels. You're not just improving the process at this point, you're putting in a new process. So, Audience participation, can you relate to some of these milestones? Yep, do they make sense in your organization? Thank you. And if you can't relate to them yet, you will soon. This is all coming. That takes us to the takeaway for the second phase, milestones and approaches. Digital transformation milestones, approaches, and subsequent wins come from many places. Most of the benefits are from reductions in labor and reductions in errors. Your digital transformation process will have your own approach and your own milestones. Do these approaches make sense? Has anybody used a different approach on a project? Somebody had to have. Okay. We expect lots of different approaches. I just gave you two that were easy but there are a lot of approaches that you can use. They're your projects, so you need to use your approach. Milestones are great, but you'll probably have some gaps getting there. You need to map the gaps, the data gap and the physical gap. The data gap is the difference between what you currently know and what you want to know. This is a critical step. This determines the focus and the scope for the rest of the project. Simply saying that you need to add barcodes or RFID tags doesn't identify the gap. What information are you trying to collect? What information, what will that information enable you to do or to prevent? And of course, as you add more data collection points, you need to address the physical gap. Legacy equipment might need to be upgraded or replaced. Protocols and communications might need to be addressed. Uh, which protocols and communication methods are in use by the old equipment and what will need to be supported with the new equipment? Look at the location and the environment. Where is the facility located? Can you remotely manage and monitor the equipment? And last is security. 
you have to make sure that your communications are secure, all your data is secure. Who remembers the casino a couple years ago that got hacked? Remember that out in Vegas? One head nod, that's it. Five second memory, right? Another one, okay. So that casino, when it got hacked, 10 gig of data was stolen. Now, by today's standards, 10 gig might not seem like a lot, but a signature-based credit card transaction is less than 50K. So 10 gig of data represents a minimum of 200,000 credit card transactions. Do you remember how that casino got hacked? It was a fish tank. High-tech, internet-connected, remotely monitored fish tank. So digital transformation is great, but you need to make sure that all the pieces along the way are secure. The communications, the data, how it's being transmitted. That's not a journey to take on your own. You want to make sure that the partner can handle this for you. After your gaps are identified, you need to figure out why they exist. What is causing those gaps? To start, evaluate your current status on the approach we just identified. Gain or pain or workflow. Drill down to get to the root cause. For example, let's go with the pain or gain approach. You have an incident where you ship the wrong product. Why? The worker picked the wrong product. Why? Worker misidentified the product. So if you add barcodes to those products, will that solve the problem? Not necessarily. Not until you add a validated step where you're confirming that the worker picked, that the worker is scanning the right barcode for the right order. Does this give you an idea of some of the idea, an idea of some of the things you're looking for? Yeah? Good. Gaps are covered. What's next? Brainstorm. How would digital transformation prevent the problem or how would you use the data? In our example, what if you added a system that made the worker confirm everything they picked? What if it enabled you to track which, order sh which worker shipped which wrong item and how often they did that? One of our customers told us a story where they had one employee that made so many mistakes that they had a supervisor go behind that worker every day and double check everything that they did that many mistakes. So imagine that type of a scenario and how some of this digital transformation could help. On a manufacturing line, maybe it's adding PLCs or sensors or fixed mount scanners to automate those inputs. After you have the gaps, the causes, the solutions, you need to identify any obstacles. Keep in mind that we're talking about changing the way people work and recording details about their activities that we've never recorded before. Will that be a problem in your organization with your workers? Technology is important, but changes to culture need to be factored in. Remember, digital transformation is a process, so you need to make sure you know what you're improving, how you want to improve it, and what you'll have to address.
in this phase, we move from preparing and planning, we're in phase four now, to working. We know a full digital transformation can be a multi-year process. The catch is that the individual phases have to be organized in a progression so that you can smoothly transition from one phase to the next and continue building on the success from the previous phase. How many of you have either been involved in or managed a large-scale project? And when I say large-scale, it took more than six months. And how many of you had the scope change during that time? And that affected your budget and your timelines? Yeah? I'm sorry for all of you. Let's talk about what you can do to prevent that from happening. Let's, start talk, let's talk about how you can start racking up success rather than delays. The key is a multi-phase plan with milestones. The amount of work done at this stage will vary depending on what the budget committee wants. That's right, we're starting with preparing to present. Preparing to get support. Your first goal is to get support to investigate the project, not full buy-in. Full buy-in comes later after we figure out ROI, return on investment. In our picking example, your milestones might be to add barcodes to products or to choose a new ERP software. But you have to include, you have to know why you want to do those things. Why do you want to add barcodes? It isn't just to scan products. It's to be able to gather the data that's related to that. So just cover the basics at this point, at the high level, don't go into detail. Just communicate the concept without focusing on the how. So now that you have support to investigate, start mapping out some rough timelines and dependencies and team for each of the items. We can't scan barcodes until they're printed in and in place. And we can't use a scanner until there's software to use. What usually happens is that as soon as we put the project plan, this concept, these ideas in front of the right people, they want to know how soon we can deliver on it. Because they want to know how soon they'll start getting the benefits of the changes. So rough out some timelines so that you can answer those questions. You're not making guesses. You're able to forecast and deliver on those changes. Everyone wants success, but you have to build on it. How do you get and build success? Plan for wins early and often. We covered that a digital transformation can take a long time. We know that people will be watching our progress. Keep the support and the momentum going by making sure your phases and milestones are no more than 30 days apart. 30 days might seem incredibly small, but it allows you to keep your focus and your energy high and thus increasing your wins. Think of it like sprints rather than a marathon. With the sprint, you can make changes along the way. You can document your progress. You also get little breaks in between sprints, right? Marathon is just one big race. Your sprints could be barcoding your racks or incorporating barcode labeling into the receiving process. Hopefully you now not only see the importance of planning and having milestones and mapping them to your goals, but also recognizing achievements. Remember, small windows, lots of achievements. 
as you go through the complicated process of a digital transformation, you'll likely be using a variety of components from a variety of suppliers and using a variety of partners to build a variety of solutions that build to your overall solution. You can use all in-house resources for this, or you can partner with companies that have the experience and the expertise in doing this. Assuming that you use some partners, you'll need to evaluate those partners and the services. So look for leaders in providing solutions. You want somebody that doesn't just sell the barcode printer and the label printer, but somebody that is certified to sell it and, more importantly, to support it in the long run. A company that has things like a dedicated help desk and help desk engineers separate from field engineers. And you should also look at companies that can do lifecycle management. At some point, the devices are going to break. So you need them to be staged and restaged and reconfigured and redeployed. You need somebody that can dispose of it. Five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you'll upgrade your equipment. So somebody that can do a green disposal of that equipment as well. Who's had to work with a bad partner? She's just laughing over there. Clearly more than one bad partner. I'm sorry. There are some things you can do to find a good partner. Minimize your pain in the future. Find somebody that, has, that can help you shorten the learning curve. You still have to learn some things, but you don't have to learn everything. Who can pick the products and can support you through the entire life cycle. These logos represent just a handful of the companies represent just a handful of the certifications from a handful of the companies that provide products and services to this supply chain. So when you pick your partner, make sure they have the appropriate certification. When you start looking at pieces, you want to use components such as barcode printers, scanners, power carts that have good reputations in the industry for your intended usage. Purpose-built devices can make all the difference. For example, I hear Lamborghinis are great, but I'm pretty sure they would be awful at hauling freight. Couple of nods, yeah. So purpose-built devices go beyond the user experience to include enterprise needs. Rugged devices, operating systems, service, and security updates are typically available for five to 10 years. Security updates for Google's three years plus an additional two years from the device manufacturer. Big difference from consumer devices that are typically 18 months to two years. We had one customer that failed to do full regression testing. They went with consumer devices, failed to do full regression testing, and they had their line of business application bust right as they were about to be bought. So company came in to buy them, looked at their operations. They couldn't operate because the devices weren't functioning. Put a big slowdown on that whole acquisition. They had to scramble, get new devices in, and then it went ahead. Similarly, there are barcode scanners that are designed to be used in a medical environment, and there are barcode scanners designed to be used in a manufacturing environment. 
if you put the medical device in the manufacturing environment, it might not hold up to the ruggedness factor that's required. And if you put the manufacturing environment in the lab, the cleaning and sanitizing chemicals used on the plastics tend to make them more brittle. So if it gets dropped, it's more likely to break. So this is an important area to pay attention to all those accessories, all those devices. Many of the products are, avail are widely available. So you can buy them from just about anyone. But that means you have to do the research and you'll get varying levels of support depending on who you buy them from. And things like an RFID portal. Just because somebody is certified to sell it doesn't mean that it'll work right in your environment. There's a big difference between marketing and real world, right? We've all seen that. Anybody here had to deal with a bad product? Did a good partner make it easier to deal with? If not, they should. This is a good phase for doing testing and simulations. Everybody wants the lowest cost option, but many people don't realize that the lowest cost option actually comes at a cost. There's the purchase price, everybody knows that. There's a deployment cost, and there's ongoing management and repair costs. So we've seen several companies buy consumer grade tablets or phones, and then add rugged cases and Bluetooth scanners and buy extra spares because they couldn't swap out the batteries and keep working. And what happened was then they had one break. And when they went to buy a replacement, it was no longer available. So they had to buy the latest and greatest, which meant new accessories, new operating system, upgrade to the programming for the line of business application. So these are all things to keep in mind when you look at rugged versus consumer, purpose-built versus consumer. Most of the studies say that the total cost of ownership benefit of rugged versus rugged or enterprise or purpose-built versus consumer is about 18 months. We're seeing companies switch back in as little as six months. At the complete solution level, you need to evaluate solutions and talk with references. Even if you have the number one label company and the number one label printer and the number one label software, that doesn't mean that the partner is certified to make all of that work together properly and to train you and to be able to grow as your solution grows. The right solution should include full lifecycle support and is right based on your approach and your expansion needs. You don't want to start with one system and then immediately have to switch to a new system because you've outgrown it. Expect your functional needs to grow. Now you know digital transformation isn't just managing a project. There's a lot of evaluation. And as you evaluate partners, the best practice is to work with a company who not only has the relevant experience and not only reputable products, but advanced certifications from the company that makes the products. This is probably the one area that can make the biggest difference in your project. This is likely the only time you've done this type of project, so why would you want to learn everything on your own? Find a partner that can help you learn, that can shorten that cycle. And now we cross over. This is the ROI point. Budgeting. It's time to determine costs and payback. Now that you've selected a partner to guide you through this, 
you're narrowing in on some products, it's time to work the numbers. We frequently get told, I need a quote in order to justify a budget. How many of you believe that? Couple nods, mostly nobody. How many of you believe it should be the other way around? Determine your costs first, then come up with a budget. That's great, I'll just slip, skip this slide then. So baseline operations, right? Get your costs, add everything up. We are going to do some basic math, but we'll simplify it down to just labor, right? You add up all your misshipments, all those baseline factors come into play. We'll use a simple 10% improvement. And that 10% could be 10% more worker productivity or shipping 10% more items. But it's a good starting point. So 10 employees at $15 an hour, $150 per hour in labor costs. 150 per hour times 40 hours in a week, 6,000 in weekly labor costs. $300,000 per year in just labor. So a 10% improvement, $30,000 in annual savings. Don't forget, everybody today, most of the companies we talked to today are suffering from labor shortages. The lower skilled workers continuing to turn over. The more satisfied those workers are, the more empowered they are, the less staff turnover you have, the more staff retention you have, the less training you have to do. So, after you know your baseline operations, add up the costs related to change. Back to our warehouse barcoding example. How much will a mobile computer and a mobile printer, all of these things cost you? Uh, you should also factor in MDM, mobile device management. If you don't know what that is, that's device lockdown to prevent your workers from going to the app store and doing email and streaming Spotify also allows you to redeploy the device a lot faster. You can do a bunch of things, productivity, battery life, et cetera. So definitely make sure that's part of the plan. It also enables your partner to remotely support you better. And growth potential. Uh, recent study said 80% of companies are expecting their business to grow this year. It's a lot easier to grow if you don't have to build a new building and hire more people if you can just do everything better. So final step in calculations is to determine if the investment is worthwhile. I'm sure you didn't plan on getting a math lesson today, other than one person who I spoke to before. This is all part of being successful with your digital transformation project. If you have just a 10% improvement in your current costs as opposed to the 20 to 30% that's common, how long will it take you to reach your goal? How long will it take you to get that payback? So take the current costs, add in your annual, take your current costs, multiply by the expected improvement, and that tells you your expected annual savings, right? Now take the expected investment costs, this is from the proposal from the partner, and the recurring costs, again from the proposal, divide by the annual savings and that tells you your payback time in years. Most of the companies today are looking for a one to two year payback time. So if you do this math and it comes back at two years or less, great, go ahead and propose it. Again, check with your budget committee. 
If it's more than two years, you most likely have some additional justification to do before you move ahead. And of course, if you want, you can add in other factors. The expansion costs, employee satisfaction. So to recap, return on investment. Figure out your current costs, add your change costs, figure out your savings timeline. As a bonus to everyone attending today, go to Modex, go to Innovity.com slash Modex ROI, and you can download our payback calculator. No cost to you. It's a spreadsheet. It has a bunch of formulas in it. It's geared towards manufacturing and warehousing. If you need something else, let us know. And all of you taking pictures of the screen, that's great. We can also send you the presentation afterwards. Um, very flexible, very powerful. It does have 10% in there, but you can put in whatever factors you want. So it isn't ours. It's really personable to you. We're in the home stretch. Time to talk about maximizing project success. How do you make sure you don't fail? Prepare your team members. These are the people that will be affected by the changes you want to implement. You don't just want their support, you need it. Hopefully you involve them early on, maybe in the pain or gain approach, checking what their pains were, maybe evaluating some of the devices that the partner brought in. But these are the people and these are the time that you need them. So you can, have, you can start out by having them do some of the work. Maybe it's having them put the barcodes on the rack locations. That'll save you some cost. That'll introduce, you, introduce them to the changes so they'll know that more is coming. And they'll start not just being aware of it, but embracing those changes. In our warehouse example, right, adding barcodes to rack locations, labeling inbound freight, these little tasks not only save you money, but they raise worker awareness. The emphasis through this phase should be that you're going to make their jobs easier, not that you're replacing them. A lot of concern that people are going to be let go after you add this technology. That's not the, uh, that's not the case. The company is planning on growing, so you need to reduce the errors, reduce the cost so you can keep growing. How many of you have been involved in a project where right as you entered the final stage, you hit some full stop condition? Some issue that I see one head nod, two head nod, three, right? How do you prevent that from happening? You had the right team members at the right time in the right scope so that all those issues can be addressed earlier before they become a problem. And if you do it properly, not only will your project keep moving, but it will accelerate. After you've prepared the team members, you need to manage the scope. Document your scope, refer to it regularly. If it's not within the budgeted scope, add it later. Remember, you did your ROI based on the scope. So if the scope changes, your ROI is now busted. Try really hard to not expand it. Lots of milestones, again, those sprints make it easier to keep the scope on track and to keep the energy high and the focus high. I just said, don't change your original scope. Anybody that's ever managed a project knows that's just not realistic. I've been doing this type of work for almost 30 years, and in that time, I've had two projects that the scope shrank. All the others, it either stayed the same or it grew. The key is when those things happen, you know they're going to happen. 
right? Expect it. So when they happen, qualify them and determine whether you want to expand your original scope or add them in a subsequent project. Be prepared. And the key is to, you know that they're coming now, whether you put them in a later project or you expand the scope. So you need to adjust your current process and your current project to accommodate those future changes. Comic strip, in case you can't read it, comic strip shows a software. Can, I, can everybody read it? Yeah? Cool. Then I won't read it. Expect the additions, the expansions, have a plan to qualify and justify them. Phase seven, all about managing the people in order to manage the project and the scope. Digital transformation changes things. It changes how people do their jobs. Expect some challenges, but stay focused on the long-term benefits. Marking tasks and phases as complete doesn't validate your success. It just confirms that you did what you said you were going to do. To determine if the work you're doing is effective and successful, you need to compare your results to your expectations and make adjustments along the way. The project plan lists achievements or milestones you wanted to meet. The first step in verifying success is being able to mark those complete. You wanted to put barcodes up? Great, you got barcodes up. Can you scan them? If you made a change to your ERP along the way and you're now printing the wrong barcodes and you can't scan them, that's a problem. So when things change, you need to accommodate those changes. So this is where the closing work or project evaluation comes in. You need to measure your results in order to compare them to the original project justification. All the factors of error correction, improvement, reduction in returns, they all come into play here. Is the directed put away actually saving you time? Redo your time study to confirm how much time is being saved. But wait, we're not done yet. You need to prepare for the next phase, right? We talked about the scope changing and the add-ons. So just like life, technology keeps evolving. There's a good chance that by the time you get everything done, there will either be new technology you can apply, like RFID or voice, or you'll see new areas that you can improve on. Replacing barcodes with voice or RFID or supplementing RFID with Bluetooth. Think of it like going to a therapist or starting a new workout program. When you first start out, you just want it done and over. But after you start seeing the changes and the improvements, are you ever really done? By now, you know how to prove success. Checking things off a to-do list doesn't prove success any more than practice makes perfect. It doesn't. Practice simply makes permanent. Your goals need to match the cause. We had a customer that was insistent that they needed RFID to track bins of parts. We asked the question why, and it turned out that they were having manufacturing line stops because they were running out of parts. So the issue wasn't the bins, the issue was the parts on the line. So we then dug into why are they running out of parts. They were using a paper-based replenishment system, card-based, and they were losing the cards. So the replenishment order never made it, they never, parts never got out to the line. We replaced the paper-based system with an electronic system, and the problem was solved. 
So now, even if they don't have a bin, they can grab a cardboard box and put the parts in it and take them out to the line. A good partner will drill into the problem. They'll see things from a different perspective, see things you don't. Use the right components in your solution, and the language of digital will speak for itself. We've covered a lot today at multiple levels, and I hope you found the information useful. Now that you know how to evaluate and implement digital technologies to transform your business operations, you're ready to start your own successful digital transformation journey. We're only a couple aisles over. Unfortunately, I started a little late, so we only have a minute and a half left. But if you have questions, I'll stick around. I'll be in the booth. You can stop by our, I'll be in the booth. I'll be in the theater. I will also be in our booth this afternoon, 8175. You can email me. And thanks for stopping by. <laughs>